What's up, Permission Nation? My name is Charles Specht, and I teach insurance agents how to quote less, win more often, and build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. Whether you're a brand new producer just starting out or you've been grinding it out year after year, you're in the right place to learn how to grow your book. I teach insurance producers my step-by-step 12X framework that helps you get the incumbent agent fired and you hired. After all, why waste time quoting when you can win with one signature? If you're looking for a proven system to help you 12X your book of business, then visit my website at www.12x.club to see how it's done. Otherwise, kick back, turn up the volume, and remember, quoting is for the week. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Well, hello there, Permission Nation. This is Charles Specht. Welcome to the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Guess what? It's been a couple of weeks since you've had an episode from me. And that is because I caught COVID and I caught it pretty hard. I am glad to be back with you. I am feeling like a thousand percent better now than I was a week ago. In fact, I got COVID so bad I had to be admitted into the hospital. The first three or four days of my symptoms were relatively mild, and then I woke up one day and I just literally could not breathe. I could not stop coughing. Um, It was just bad. They took me to the urgent care because I just literally could not even breathe anymore. They took um, x-rays. They found that I had pneumonia in both lungs. They immediately sent me over to the hospital. They admitted me. And truth be told, it was so bad that the medical staff actually told my wife that I might not make it. There was a time in which I really felt that I was not going to live through the day. Um, It was so bad, I just, I could not breathe. I could not stop coughing. I just could not move forward. And they gave me antibiotics. They gave me a lot of liquids. I was so dehydrated. Everything just kind of felt bad. But then about two or three days later after that, I started feeling better. Um, Started to kick the COVID now. So it's been about two and a half weeks since my symptoms have started. And I'm getting back at it. I'm feeling about 75%. Uh, kind of by, back to about 75%. My voice is, I would say, maybe about 50 to 60%, but I'm back at it. And here's the thing. Let me just tell you, a lot goes through your mind when you're just laying in bed and you can't even function anymore. A lot goes through your mind when you start thinking about what exactly am I doing? What am I putting my hands to? Where am I spending my time? What's my focus? And it really caused me to even like while I was laying there making like major decisions in life. What am I going to be focusing on? And if I put my hand to the plow, am I going to give it 100% or am I going to begin slowing down just because comfort is easier than, you know, hard activity? And the fact is, is that um, I am so glad I am in the insurance industry. I am so glad that I have the opportunity to be in this industry because this industry is great. And frankly, if you don't think that, I would just want you to think, okay, maybe it's time for you to exit. 
If you're not going to give it your all, it's probably time for you to exit. Because if you're not willing to go all in, if you're not willing to put your eggs in the basket and that's it, if you're not willing to just to give it 100%, then what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? Because I truly believe that the insurance industry is, is probably one of the best industries that anyone could be in. Whether they are 65 years old or 25 years old, just out of college, it doesn't matter. I love the insurance industry. There are so many different things that you can do. It is a great industry to be in. Why would you continue to go down the path of a career if you're only going to be given it 65%? That doesn't make any sense. You would be better off finding the right industry for you. But see, here's the thing. If you're listening to this, I think that you also know how important and how great the insurance industry is and what it can be. What it can be if you're willing to actually do the work. And that's really the issue here. I want to talk to you today because... I'm telling you when, you, when you sit back and you feel like you're going to die, everything starts to get a little bit more clear. You start to think, okay, what am I doing here? What can I focus on? Why should I be focused on this rather than this? It really starts to give you a bit of clarity about what is important. And I want you right now to even just, you know, when you're done listening to this podcast, I want you to take a step back and ask yourself, why are you doing the things that you're doing? You might be doing some things that are very wise. You might be doing some things right now that are giving you really good success going forward. If that's true, double down, triple down, quadruple, whatever it is. If you're getting success in some areas, don't play small. Don't go slow. Put your foot on the gas pedal. There's no reason why you shouldn't. But if there's other areas, and no doubt there is because we're all humans, if there are other areas that you've been doing things in and you're really like, you're not getting necessarily the results that you want, there's two things you need to do. One of two things you need to do. You either need to stop the activity altogether or you need to go back and pivot somehow. You need to change something so that it will begin giving you the results that you want out of that, that process. It just makes sense. So you need to either quit it or you need to pivot. You got to do one of those two things. If you're looking at various areas in your insurance career where you're not getting the result that you want. Now look, no doubt you're probably a producer. You're out there writing business. You're out there prospecting. You're out there trying to do that. But but are you really? I mean, are you really prospecting? Or are you playing it safe? Are you really putting in the time of prospecting? Or are you playing it safe? Are you really giving it your all? Or are you just sort of like half interested in prospect? Because at the end of the day, prospecting is what's going to put gold in your pocket. Prospecting is what is going to help you build your book of business to a million dollars or more. Playing it safe is going to, make, is going to ensure that you have a small book of business. Period. I don't know what else to tell you. You have to get your priorities in line. What if, what, listen to this, what would your insurance career right now look like? What would your book of business right now look like if in the past you didn't play it safe, you didn't play it small, but you went all in? 
You pushed. You gave it, if you were doing eight hours in the insurance you know, career per day, what if you gave it a full eight hours and you were prospecting? You weren't playing prospecting. You were actually doing the work of prospecting. You were making those phone calls. You were sending out emails. You were, you were actually handling your social media like a professional. You were doing walk-in visits. When you went to networking events, you weren't there just to kind of hang out and socialize, but you actually had a plan of attack. There were people that you wanted to meet with. What if you actually had a very professional, systematic, follow-up program with your prospects that they're going to respond to you in a way in which they are going to feel more comfortable relating with you? What if you actually had a formalized follow-up program? It is amazing to me. Frankly, amazing. How many producers right now do not have any kind of a formal follow-up program with their prospects? They are winging it. They are absolutely acting like an amateur. And if that is you, you need to stop that nonsense right now. Get your priorities set. Give it your all. Imagine how much business you could write in a year if you started going after the right accounts, bigger accounts. You did not slow down. You did not waste time. But you were actually very active in your prospecting. What could your book of business look like right now? <clears throat> I mean, frankly, maybe you have a, a book of business of $300,000. If you could go back and sort of rework what you did in the past and give it your all, could your book of business right now be $750,000? Could it be $1.25 I mean, sky's the limit. You have to make that, that decision. You have to look yourself in the mirror and ask, you know, am I really giving it or am I playing it safe? One of the beautiful things about the insurance business is you get to create and build what you want. And so I'm not necessarily here to say that you have to do this or you have to do that or you can't do this and so forth. I'm not here to do that. You get a chance to build what you want to build, your book of business, your career. I'm just trying to make you think right now, are you really building what you want to build or is stuff just getting thrown together over the course of weeks and months and years without really any kind of a plan or a process? It's just happening by chance. And whatever it is right now, it just kind of happened and you didn't really have a process for it. If that's you, let's stop that today. Let's create a process that is actually going to guarantee, ensure the results that you want going forward, that you are going to build the book of business that you want, not something that's just going to fall together or happen by chance. Amateurs play by chance. Professionals have a process. Professionals have a process for follow-up. Professionals have a process for prospecting. What is yours going to be? I'm telling you, you know, it really makes me think about how I have played it safe and small in my past, and I refuse to do that going forward. I look at it from the standpoint that I've got about another 25, 30 years, if you will, or so in the insurance business, and I'm not going to be playing it small anymore. I'm going big. I'm going for as much as I want. I'm taking no prisoners. I'm going to have a killer mindset, a killer attitude, and I'm going to be very, very professional in regards to my follow-up. 
going forward, everything is changing. Look, I would consider myself someone who is fairly detail-oriented from the standpoint that I have a calendar, I try to follow that calendar, but at the end of the day, after all is really said and done, are the things that are on my calendar getting me the success that I want? I kind of have to look myself in the mirror and say, you know what, there are plenty of times when it was not. In fact, while I was laying down in my bed dealing with COVID, coughing my brains out, um, I made a major decision to stop doing one particular business activity altogether. As soon as I made that decision to stop doing that business activity, I felt an enormous relief that I didn't have to keep doing that any longer. It was getting me a little bit of revenue, but really not too much revenue. And the long-term solution for whatever that activity was, was not going to be pushing me in the right direction that I wanted to go. And so it should have been the easiest decision to make, but it was something that, frankly, I'd been thinking about for the last six to seven months. Do I want to continue on this? Do I want to kind of push towards this? And I just had to make the decision. Stop. Stop spending time. Stop spending your valuable gold time on stuff that's really not panning out. For me, it wasn't a matter of pivoting in regards to that particular activity. It was a matter of ceasing that activity. That was something that had to be done. And frankly, like I said, it took me about six or seven months to, to come to that conclusion. But when I came to the conclusion, it really sort of opened up my opportunity. It has opened up my calendar. It has removed the burden of just the stress of having to deal with that any longer. One major decision can change everything. Right now, you're on a path. You know what? I have to be on an airplane a lot. I fly around different places. Um, and one of the things about being on an airplane is that you're on the airplane, and for the most part, very rarely are you actually pointed towards the destination. Are you perfectly pointed? Most of the time, the, the pilot up there is making lots of different adjustments and changes to sort of redirect, to get back on path and so forth. I mean, you know, when your plane takes off, it might be going completely the opposite direction. It has to get up to a certain altitude, it has to turn around, and then it's going in the general direction of where it needs to go. Like if you leave from Los Angeles and you are trying to go to New York, look, that plane is constantly making adjustments in order to eventually get to the place where it needs to be. The thing is, is that you're on a path right now you're on a path, and you have to be making adjustments. But the thing is, is that it might be that not a, really are you on a path, you're really sort of stuck in a rut. You're kind of stuck in a rut. You've taken your hand off the steering wheel for a while, and you've been on cruise control, and you really need to start making some major adjustments in order to recalculate towards the decision, or rather towards the destination that you want to go. Because if you don't, you will end up somewhere. It's just not where you want to be. Did you hear that? If you do not make the adjustments, you will end up somewhere. It's just not where you want to be. To put it in the insurance perspective, if you do not make the necessary adjustments right now that you need in your career, your book of business, your career will end up somewhere. It's just likely not going to be where you want to be. It's not going to be the size book of business that you want. It's not going to be um, going after the business that you really want. You're going to be stuck in a rut because you didn't put your hand on the steering wheel and make the necessary adjustments.
And so I'm just telling you that it really does come down to mindset. And sometimes you have to make a major life change in order for that to happen. Sometimes you just have to make a few small pivots, and that's going to make a major change in your overall career. What do you have to do? Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, requiring, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified. Look yourself in the mirror. Pull up your big boy pants, your big girl pants, and make a major decision, a major change, if necessary, to the things that you need to do. Whatever is working, double down, triple down, continue to do that. The things that are are not working, you either cease the activity altogether or you need to pivot. You need to make changes in it. That is, you need to make major changes to whatever that activity is or, frankly, delegate that out to a CSR, to an account manager, to someone on the servicing staff. And so with that said, I want you to think about this for a moment. Are you a producer or are you a glorified, high-paid account manager? Which one are you? Now, man, I've been in the business now since the year 2000, so I have seen a lot of different insurance agencies, and they're all kind of different. They're all different. They're all unique. They have a different way of uh, managing. The, the producers do certain things. Their account managers do certain things. Some have marketing departments. Some don't have marketing departments. I mean, it's just they're all different. They're all different. But one of the major problems that I see so very often is that the line gets blurred in regards to what a producer does versus what a servicing team member does. The line gets blurred from what a producer does versus your account manager. A producer versus the CSR. A producer versus the servicing staff. A producer produces, period. That's your function. That's your role. Now, again, some agencies have it set up where the producer also does some of the servicing. And sometimes you might be your account manager. I get it. Every agency is different. That's not the norm. It works best when producers produce and when the uh, servicing team services. 100%. 
If you find yourself doing a lot of servicing function on your accounts, you better stop that nonsense right now and do your best to offload that to your servicing staff who gets paid to service. That's what they're supposed to do. Because you cannot be prospecting for new business if you're too busy servicing current clients, period. You might need to train your servicing team member, your CSR, your account manager, to take that responsibility back on their own shoulders. I would encourage you, start itemizing in bullet points, if you will, the things that you're going to be doing going forward versus the things that your uh, servicing team is going to do. Give it to your servicing team members so that they can see what exactly are kind of the responsibilities going forward. Because if you continue to allow that line to be blurred, you are going to be spending more time servicing and less time putting gold in your pockets, less time prospecting, period. You have to get control. You have to get control of what it is that you do. You have to get control of your calendar. You have to be in control of those things. Otherwise, you're just going to be like reacting to things that fall in your lap. And I know this hands down. I know this from personal experience. I know this from talking to literally hundreds of insurance agents over the last 20 years. That if you do not control your calendar, your calendar will be out of control. Let me say it again. If you do not control your daily calendar, your daily calendar will be out of control. In other words, it will control you. You will do whatever happens in the day. You will be reactive rather than proactive. You will not be prospecting. You will not be setting appointments. You will not be meeting with potential customers going forward, period. What is your function? Are you a producer or a high-paid account manager? Sometimes we all need to just sort of step back and ask ourselves, what exactly am I doing here? What are you doing? What are you doing with your time? Look, if you put 40 hours um, a week into your normal you know, business activity, let's just say you work for, you know, kind of sort of nine to five, if you will, or eight to five, whatever it is, adds up to 40 hours per week, what percentage of your time is spent on servicing and renewing current clients? So all the servicing stuff that goes with it. How much of your time out of your 40 hours is spent doing that versus how much time you have then set aside for prospecting for new business, for doing other stuff. I want you to sit down and actually like calculate it. What do you think? What percentage? Look, if you are even remotely close to 50% servicing, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You either have too many accounts that are small accounts and you're just being bogged down by the servicing aspect of it, or you are, for whatever reason, a control freak and you're not willing to give up the actual servicing responsibility to your CSR, who frankly, that's what they get paid for. And for some reason, you think that it's only going to get done right if you're doing it. Look, stop that. You cannot continue to build your book of business if you're spending the vast majority of your time servicing. I have not come across any producer in my life, let me say it again, I have not come across any producer in my life who is very good at switching back and forth from servicing and prospecting every single hour. It just doesn't work. We're not set up for that. Our minds are set up to be like on a, on a course, and if you're spending time doing servicing, like it, you're never going to get around to prospecting, period. 
You need to actually like take control of your calendar, take control of your activity, and trust your team. Trust your team. Look, you make mistakes as well, and they're going to make mistakes. Look that up. Get over it, buttercup. That's just the way that the world works. You're going to make mistakes, and they're going to make mistakes too. But if you give your servicing team the responsibility to actually service your clients, they will then take that responsibility seriously. If not, they should be fired. But that's typically how an insurance agency ought to be run. A producer produces, period. Servicing team members service, period. That's what they do. Do not blur the line with what you're doing in your daily activities. Keep that very, very clear. I was talking with an insurance agent um, before I started recording this podcast, and she's going to be great. She's going to be awesome. She's going to be lighting it up. But she needed just to kind of have you know a, a little bit of a conversation, just a reminder that um, you're a producer. You're not a service person. You need to cut out that activity. You need to get very clear on what your responsibility and your roles are versus what your servicing team members are. Because you're spending way too much time doing all of this stuff and literally don't have time to go out and prospect business anymore. And the problem is that the activities that she was doing weren't bad. They were great. I mean, servicing the account, wonderful. It's just that that's not your role. That's not how you put money in your pocket. You're paid commission, not paid in an uh, hourly or annual salary. And so it was a really good conversation, just kind of like even kind of removing the burden or frankly, giving her, if you will, the authorization to delegate that servicing responsibility. And frankly, I think now she went from having like, you know, six to seven hours of servicing. And once she actually does that, she's probably going to be down to only maybe three or four hours of servicing per day. It should completely change everything. It should then allow her to double, if not triple, the amount of new business that she can write in a year. Why? Because she now has time to actually devote towards prospecting. Which one's in her best interest? Offloading the servicing responsibility to the servicing team so that she will get those hours back to be able to use those for prospecting. Does the agency win? Yes, because now the servicing team is servicing the account and the agency is able to bring on new revenue. Look, there's no downside, if you will, from getting producers to stop servicing and start producing. It's something that you have to do, but you have to be forward thinking about it. We have to have a process. And so you need to have that clear line of what your job function is as a producer versus an account manager. Producers produce, period. You got to have a killer mindset. You got to start prospecting. Producers need to have a follow up program, a follow up process, so that if you are making cold calls, what does the follow up look like? When does it happen? What is the actual form of follow up? Is it going to be an email? And how much long, how much time after the cold call does it happen? And then what's the third? point of communication. When is it going to happen? Where is it going to happen? On social media? Is it going to be a walk-in visit? Maybe you're going to just send them just kind of like a flyer in the mail. Who knows what you need to have a process for follow-up that is very systematized. You need to become a professional, not an amateur. Professionals make a lot more money. Amateurs 
They're kind of living week to week. They're living week to week. They don't make the amount of money that they want to make because they don't really have a process. They're just winging it. So you got to have, as a producer, as I start wrapping this up here, I want to talk to you for a moment. Can we just get real? Can we just get real for a moment? What's your attitude like right now? What is your attitude? Do you have a killer mindset? Or are you just showing up? Do you have a reason for doing the things that you're doing? Or are you just reacting? Are you just reacting? Look, I mean, uh, one of the things I love about my friend David Carruthers is that you know, his killing commercial, it's, it's a mindset. It's killing. You're going after this. You're, you are a hunter, and you're trying to actually win business. We're not playing games here. You show up and you do the work, and it doesn't matter if I'm your sales trainer or David is or somebody else. I mean, there's a bunch of good ones out there. Mick Hunt, love what Mick's doing. There's a lot of people out there doing some great work when it comes to training. The fact is, is you need to find what works for you and then stop playing games and go all in. You go all in. You need to have a killer mindset. You need to have a killer attitude. You need to make sure that the line of producer and servicing is very clear and you do not cross over. How clear can it be? Look, when I was a producer, I, did, I made sure that I did not even have a user ID to get in the system. I literally could not process an endorsement. I literally did not even have a password to get in. I did not ever want to handle anything that was servicing. The only time that I, that I worked with my team to get involved in servicing is if there was an ugly claim, regular claims, I didn't even want to know about them. If there was an ugly claim, however, I got involved. If there was a process, problem with the audit, I got involved. Otherwise, for the most part, very rarely did I ever deal with anything throughout the year that had to do with service. When it came for renewal, the, ro the role, the responsibility of the producer is to meet with your client to gather the renewal information, the annual gross sales, update the narrative, and so forth, to put together the absolute best submission possible. You take that information, however, and you give it to the service staff so that they can put together the perfect submission. You give them the information because you're the head coach or the quarterback, right? They are the running back. They're the wide receiver. They're the ones who are actually supposed to be doing the work. Then you, as the producer, you determine which markets it's going to. You then make sure that it is sent to those carriers, right? You can then work with the underwriter once quotes are received or if they need like an answer to a major problem, a major issue, you handle that. Otherwise, your servicing team will get the underwriter whatever they need. Once the quotes are received, you as the producer go through those. You decide which ones are the best. You actually then have your servicing team put together the proposal the way that you want it put together so that when you're then sitting down with your client face-to-face, you're actually doing the work of selling. You are selling that insured. You are renewing that client. You are placing the business. You are negotiating with the underwriters. You're actually doing the work. You should then have, if you will, all of the documents that are supposed to be signed, paper clipped or somehow like in one spot, so that they sign those docs. 
They then give you the deposit check, if you will. You then take that information back to your office. You put together an email to your CSR on exactly what they're supposed to be doing, what they're supposed to be binding coverage, who they're binding coverage with. You send off the email. You walk over to your CSR. You literally physically hand them the signed documents and say, make it happen. From that moment on, you don't touch the account again. That's it. The servicing team handles that. Why? Because you're a producer, and producers produce, period. That's what they do. And so the question, which one are you, an insurance producer or a high-paid CSR? My name is Charles Specht. I am the president and CEO of Permission Network Insurance Agency where I teach insurance agents how to build a $1 million or more book of business through sign broker of record letters. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast.